Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast, where we podcast about weird things Hi. in the world. What's happening? What's your name? My name's Carrie. I'm Jack. I'm Dean. I'm Aaron. And uh, in this episode, Dean's going to tell us a story or right. talk about something that might have happened somewhere. This is something that maybe a lot of people don't know about, but it is actually one of the most convincing instances of paranormal activity ever because it was caught live by a television news team. I'll help you know those words have no weight from you because you literally say that on every single no, episode. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Even as a joke. Is it the most historical? <laughs> no, it actually, it actually is. Well, let me tell you a story. It has come to be called Ghost Watch because that was the name of the, of the news program. Ghost Watch. That it program. happened on. Ghost Watch 2000. No, no, almost. Storm 1998, Watch. actually. Oh. Halloween. Actually, as was a it in Los fact. Angeles? Wait, it was in 1992, my bad. Uh, no, it was not Shit, Los Angeles. Yeah. It was in London. Oh. We're going to merry old England, so I can get this out of the way right now. Hello! And hello, governor. That's my, that's all I have. Okay. So, the in, venerable BBC wanted to do something scary, right? Wanted to do something scary on Halloween night. So, in 1992, Jeez. they did. They had heard some rumors about a haunted house in North London, a respected parapsychologist. Yes, that's a thing. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You look skeptical. No one did anything. <laughs> I, I may have I raised a brow or two. <laughs> yeah, a respected uh, parapsychologist had investigated this. Oxymoron. Oh, uh, there you go. That's mm-hmm. what I was looking for. She had re- investigated this chilling and unexplainable events at this house in North London. So they thought that that would make a very interesting Halloween story, the BBC brass or whatever figured. So they sent a news team with a full crew and, you know, night vision cameras and all heat sensors and lots of and multiple reporters to the neighborhood of North Holt. Yes, Carrie. Are you not going to tell us the name of the respected parapsychologist? I will. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, when's that coming? This is back. So, so they knew this This woman had been um, investigating this thing. I somehow it got to their attention. And so they said... <laughs> Nice. Yeah, sorry. There's allergies happening, so there's going to be a lot of noises just, happening. Just, don't do the sniffles. Those are I literally cannot control I'm it. I'm a hang Wish we had, had cough call. buttons. Yeah. We don't have oh, yeah. sniffle buttons. It so just the be- plays a loud, high-pitched noise. <laughs> okay. Over everyone coughing and sneezing and burping. Uh. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. enough to stop you right mm-hmm. there. So they call, this, they call this program that they're going to air live Ghost Watch. Because they were looking for a ghost in this mm-hmm. house. Makes Is there a reason sense. you're pronouncing it a program? Pro- I'm not doing a program. I'm programmed. Every single time program. you said it this time, you said program. I don't know what you're talking about. Because you're British now. Program. Yeah. It's a program. P-R-O-G-R-A-M-M-E. Program. C-D-R-E. All right. So proud. They spell shit R-E. Okay. They do. They do. So it seems this really had been a poltergeist activity had been terrorizing the inhabitants of this house on Fox Hill Drive. Like this kind of little sleepy suburban neighborhood, again, in North Holt, which is kind of northwest London. For those of you not in London, like us, who had to look it up on Google Maps. The inhabitants were the Early family. That's their last name, Early. The Earlies. They were included single mom Pam. And two daughters, Suzanne and Kim. Suzanne was older, I think, I don't know, like uh, maybe 13, 14. Kim was like, I want to say 10-ish. I don't know exactly the, the uh, year, the um, ages. News personalities Sarah Green and Craig Charles would report live from the haunted house where they had a full crew, you know, lights and, and vans and everything like that, right? And they'd be also, they'd have a studio with a reporter, reporter named Mike Smith, and a news anchor named Michael Parkinson, and they'd be in the studio while the uh, you know live feed was coming in from the actual haunted house, trying to see what they can see. Yeah. And uh, Parkinson, Mike Smith, by the way, was married to field reporter Sarah Green. They're actually husband and wife. Little known fact. Yeah. My- he manned like a phone bank because they're going to have a live uh, call-in number. That so people while they're watching the show can call in and, like share their stories about you know ghosts ghost and things sleeping. like that. All right. It's, it's, you know, it's a good idea. Sure. I, what's wrong? You, uh, no? 
Like, Sounds a little you, silly. I mean, yes, but this had been, they thought this, this house had some pretty well-established activity. So they thought, you know, let's, we'll have a camera crew there. If something crazy happens, there would be just huge TV. Is right? it going to be like Geraldo Rivera opening Al Capone's vault? They hoped not. <laughs> live, yeah. live on TV where nothing happened. Yes, nothing happened for <laughs> after two hours. Well, uh, where Geraldo Rivera said the famous words, I guess my career is over and God, how we wish he was right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So sad. When they um, took two hours to open an empty vault. Yes, nothing in it. It was like a couple of, of old bootleg bottles of whiskey yeah. that was uh, 90 years old. That was it. Yep. The only reason I know that is because of The Simpsons. The Simpsons did that? Yeah, they made a joke. I didn't know that. That's I mean, hilarious. I didn't watch the broadcast as it aired. That's for sure. We did. Well, I don't think I watched it. I, I did. Huh? I absolutely did. Remember it. Yep. Age check. How old were you? I don't know. It was like What the, year was it? 1980. 1980. Something like that. So the studio was in constant contact with Mike Green and Craig Charles. I'm sorry, Sarah Green and Craig Charles on site. The BBC, by the way, was prepared to stay with the story for like the whole night if they had to. Well, yeah. They were really hoping something would happen there. They, they'd yeah. get some, you know, something, the object would move, some kind of plate would crash, whatever. They're looking for anything, right? Well, if you stay there long enough, maybe it will you happen. Never know. So again, for months, the family had been hearing like bangings and poundings and, and noises like that, mostly. Unex- it was unexplained. They, they raps. They had dishes were smashed. Raps. Oh, raps I, on the wall. Seemingly, oh. uh, I was like, they, someone they, was just freestyling yeah. in the wall. <laughs> it, rhymes. <laughs> it was. It turns out it was a neighbor who was a, an up and coming rapper. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. Big Shack. Yeah. Okay. Man's not hot. Yeah, <laughs> DJ North Holt in the house. Yeah. They also heard ghost cats mewling, or, or well, mewling yeah. and screeching cats. They couldn't explain. That, Why they, not? They didn't have a cat. Well, neighbor cat. Ghost I don't cat. know. They, they, they didn't know. That's my first ghost cat? thought I when I hear an that. animal. <laughs> it's a ghost cat? Oh, hello? We so may not have five pets, but it's a ghost. It's a ghost. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> so whenever the kids would ask their wow. mom what was causing these Why noises, she would tell them that, oh, it's just the pipes. It's just the water pipes. Don't worry about it, kids. It's just the pipes. <laughs> so pipes go meow. It's like, sweetie, just ignore it. Even whereas, you know, as an adult, she should have been terrified because she knew it wasn't just the mm. pipes. Maybe she was just save a face for the kitties. She was. She was. So the so the family yeah. had taken. You can say we lie to our children all the time. Oh God, yeah. yes. Constantly. Well, you lied that <laughs> we had daily. a ghost. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> true. We multiple times. We were much worse parents than yeah. you. Lied to scare us. Yes, but with now your I'm knees. prepared in the event. Exactly. Of a haunting. See? Yeah. That's what we were doing. I'm not the fuck. You won't shoot your pants and you'll go and you'll chase I'm them. fucking moving, bitch. Oh, no. I'm, I'm not pulling it. a white family and every war movie so staying there. I would so love to have a I'm breaking house. that lease. God, no. I, would I don't even believe in ghosts and I would move. Okay, then I would hold <laughs> tours, say, welcome to Haunted House. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. People yeah. think that, uh, yeah, that a ghost would lower your property value. Not anymore, mm-hmm. sister. That's it would true. raise it, I'm, I think. So anyway, the family had taken to calling the presence pipes since the mom. Oh, it. interesting. That's it's, weird. And it's, it has a big dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. That's enough. That's what everyone was. It is low hanging. I don't think they were. I was just you. <laughs> nope, it was me and everyone under twenty five. <laughs> so harried mother Pam, she they, they Pam. She's a harried mother. She's always she's very um. Oh, she comes across harried. as very like you know she's at her wits end. This or shit's been she going had, on for months. Or she didn't shave. Oh, yeah, I no. fully I heard. heard like, well, she ain't got the motherfucking time. <laughs> she's been Carrie. She's dealing <laughs> with a poltergeist. I know. It, she's damn. a single mom to children in a poltergeist. Yeah, Carrie, mm-hmm. that's not easy. All right, mm-hmm. so give her some. Give her a break for being a little bit hairy. So the news team comes in and they're, they're talking with her as the initial part of the sh- of the program, and. There it is. She was. Uh, she tells him how once she was trapped. They have this little basement off the kitchen that they call the glory hole. Oh no! <laughs> I'm not sure why. And no, not just everyone under 25 is thinking what you're thinking, mm-hmm. but and everyone that's it. under 85. We got to move right along. So mm-hmm. I don't know why they called it the glory hole because it's just like a little. It's like a little. You open a little door. It's like a half door, and it's got some stairs, and it's and it's dark, and it goes to like a little basement. So. I bet you that's the original meaning of a glory hole. Probably is like the Hopefully. entrance to like a small. No, isn't it? Is, it doesn't have to do with mining, like. Oh, I have no idea. I'm sure so, there's multiple. I would look it up, but I don't like, want that. <laughs> when you open it, it's like, oh. it's like when Carrie looked yeah. up pixelated bukkake. I know. Like, oh, oh, my it God. Was a bad thing. It, it was a, her phone. She had to throw her phone away. So she claimed that once time she was locked down in this little dark space there and that she felt a presence with a kind of hot, foul breath. 
on her back. So it was more than just smash dishes and stuff like that. Who was this? Which? Pam, the mom. The oh, mama. the mom. The I've experienced that, yeah. <laughs> and everybody, all of them had heard all the wrappings and bangings and, and had the dishes smashed. They'd just be out in the living room and all of a sudden they'd be smashed dishes in the kitchen and no one in there. So in the studio, Michael Parkinson is anchoring and he's watching with our paranormal expert, Dr. Lynn Pascoe, a female. Well, there it is. She has been, again, studying the phenomena in the early house for a few months, and she thinks there's some pretty solid, amazing results. Been there with the wrappings and the broken dishes and things like that. She also has heard disembodied voices, and she has seen unexplained scratches on the oldest daughter, Suzanne, that appeared right before the eyes of the investigators. Scratches on her face. Oh. Yeah. She was she was convinced the phenomenon was so it's not was ghost real. cat. Not well, maybe it could have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. scratches, cat. scratches, cat scratch fever. Gross Karen cat. would always wake up with scratches on her face. Yeah, that was a ghost cat from a ghost kitty. Probably. No, you know, it turns in, out in hindsight, weird nails. No, in hindsight, <laughs> or our cat. actual cat. <laughs> yeah, who knows? No. So at first, the broadcasters seemed well. At least Craig Char, um, Charles treats it as kind of a joke. He's the other one with Sarah Green there, right? He actually at one point early on in the in the show he pranks her he goes inside the like like okay they're in the kitchen or they come coming from one room into the kitchen and they hear like wrappings on and it seems to come from the pantry she opens the pantry door and he comes out and goes boo and laughs and, and, Bitch. and yeah. so it's half comedy special yeah. a dick move if yeah. i were he pam was, he was kind of a dick the whole she was kind of yucking up he didn't treat it seriously at Me all so. sarah did but he didn't he didn't and she I mean, sends his house his house outside to go talk to the neighbors and stuff like that you don't have to be totally uncritical but don't be a dick yeah he was kind of a dick they're so, in psychological distress. Very, mm-hmm. very unprofessional. Very true. Unprofessional. The audience and the studio watch as Sarah. It was live. Yeah, it was, it was live show the whole time Came out at nine p.m. Live show. They're on for like an hour and a half. Day- oh, oh. You said they're prepared to be there. They're all prepared night? to be there all night. We'll see. It doesn't last all night. Oh well, there's spoilers. Not really. So the, the audience in the studio they watch Sarah and the uh, family in the girls' room, right? As Kim, the youngest, is talking about some of the things. That has happened. So they have a cam- they have a camera. They have they have uh, stationary cameras in several of the rooms, and they all but they also have a uh, handheld cameraman and Sam mount following following Sarah Green, the reporter, around the house as she interacts with the family, right? And so Kim is in the room with everybody. It's actually crowded into the into the girls' room, and they are just kind of talking about the ghost now. Remember, this this is a live studio show, and they're having people call in, right? <laughs> so a- as they're talking. Some of the callers start calling in and they say, hey, you guys didn't see it. Did you guys see what we just saw? Multiple callers said, we saw something like. What if like everyone got together the, to fuck someone? Well, I know. That's like, true. Like as the camera Sorry, panned yeah. by, they, they said they saw some, some presence in kind of the drapes there, right? And so in the studio, they go, you know what? Let's, let's play that back. So they, they do the footage and they play it back. And, you know, I'll just say this. Uh, the studio like calls Sarah and says, Sarah, have, do you feel anything there? Blah, blah, blah. And they say, no. Do you see anything? No. Well, callers are saying that there's something in there with you. And they're looking around. There's nothing in there. And, the shit and so they play me. the uh, tape back. But even the parapsychologist, Dr. Lynn Pascoe, says, oh, you know, that's just like a trick of light. Yeah. It's nothing. Shadow. Or it's the world champion hide-and-seek player. I, I, I'll say right now, Carmen Carrie and I have both seen the footage. I saw there's a human-like form, a dark human-like form, kind of almost merged in with the dark drapes as the as the camera it pans by fairly quickly at that point. But it, yeah, honest to God, it, it looked like something to me. I don't doubt it. We see forms yeah, in a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, that's what she said. That's what Lynn Pascoe said. Par- She's the parapsychologist. Pareidolia. I don't. I still don't know how to pronounce it, but it's that phenomenon. So that's I just our cat licking his balls right now. Yeah, so, Doctor Pascoe. Ghost cat. Oh, wait, touch him. Is he a ghost cat? Ghosts, we don't know exactly the nature of them. They could be tangible. We don't know his breed. Might be ghost cat. Yeah, that's true. He's a ghost mutt cat. So Dr. Dr. Pascoe discusses some of the hauntings in her research, and she plays an audio clip from, I I don't know, a couple months before when she was talking to Suzanne, the oldest daughter, and Suzanne's talking, and all of a sudden her voice starts changing. It becomes kind of hoarser and almost a grunting kind of speech. And it, you have to. It's hard to listen to, but she. It's hard to hear anyway. But she says like like childish nursery rhymes in this mannish, hoarse voice. And so now it you know 
it seems almost a little bit demonic possession-y. This me at work. But this was this was on a yes you. This was on an audio tape that had happened before. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe so. Yeah, obviously she could have been doing that, but it sounds pretty weird. I mean, no matter real or not, a small child acting as though they've been demonically possessed is going to be a little unsettling. It will be in a a kind of Louis Armstrong kind of vibe going on there. I can't remember the nursery rhyme, but some kind of nursery rhyme. Louis Armstrong. Uh, They go downstairs, and Pam, the mom, displays some of the broken dishes. And she says that, they, and, and Dr. Pasco verifies this, that they sent these dishes to the British Army, right, for testing. I'm not sure what the tests were, but... Yeah. The, they all, shot it with guns and saw what happened. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. That's that's the first thing you do. The second thing they did that was they the tested US it. Army. And it stays, according to them, the British Army said it, these dishes were broken by heat. Oh. And a heat mm. hotter than a normal household oven could generate. Yeah. So they said that we, you know, we can't explain it, but we think these were broken by a very, very hot, hot heat. Lightning. Hot, hot heat. Hot, hot heat. Hot, 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 hot heat. That's a song, isn't it? Probably. <laughs> I think it is, actually. <laughs> or a band. Yeah. Pam, the mom again, she shows Sarah, who's the, the reporter, and the audience at home, some pictures of eldest daughter Suzanne. And, and she shows them that she has these, these um, scratches, these welt scratches over her face and again she explains they literally just appeared right in front of us that's scary suddenly although pics or didn't have, like videos Pic- exactly these are yeah. still pictures so we really need well, you yeah. kind of have to believe yeah. the, what they're saying and sorry i don't have a lot of faith in the paranormal no. sarah sarah so we go outside the house where craig charles now is he's the other field reporter there he was yucking it up earlier. He is a bunch of, there's a crowd there, not a huge crowd, but a crowd of neighbors and onlookers are there. Because, uh, you know, th- again, they have these news vans out there, big lights on top of them, yeah. equipment out and stuff like that. So naturally, a crowd is going to gather. Yeah, yeah. angrily. Ooh, I'm like, bitch, I can't sleep. No, yeah. no they, yeah, they were all interested. Looked like, it looked like it, it was Halloween, so it was a little chilly. Oh, even better. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Spooky. Did I not? I mentioned at the very beginning, this is Halloween night. When this is going well, on. Well, you yeah. know, I that's miss why they things. Yeah. So, so, okay, so she, he interviews some of the neighbors and they say, yeah, no, we've seen a, a window break. We've heard noises from, like, from their house, from, from our house across the street. So, Ooh. and their first thought is ghosts. Yeah. I mean, people probably hear noises from our house too. Whoa. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have our rave we parties. We have our raves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Screaming. They're going to hear that. And they hear, they hear the beat drop. And they probably mm. see the glow sticks, yeah, things like that. But they may, they may think our house is haunted. You're right. Or yeah. they hear you yelling about UCLA losing. Or Loki barking one bad year. Sporting yeah. event. They had a couple of bad years. Uh-huh. Very disappointed in them. So, so, so he's kind of confirming something's been going on there, even from the neighbors. But he still is not taking it very seriously at all. He's like yucking it up with a neighbor when they're telling him a story about how a girl disappeared in the area a little while ago. Uh oh. Which seems pretty serious. Ghost cat ate her. <laughs> Maybe here. Okay, now this is a gross part here. If you're, if you really, really like dogs, don't listen to this for the next ten oh, seconds. Oh, I'm saddened. But some kids in the neighborhood found a dead dog oh. in the little, like a little empty lot, a couple lots away from the from the house, from the early's house, and the it had apparently been pregnant, and the puppy fetuses were strewn around that dog like some Ew. malevolent presence, you know, or probably a dog hater. Uh, I would have passed a dead dog today. It was child. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it. It was the She said it was huge. Like uh, a German shepherd. It was uh, that's sad. Maybe yeah, a horse. Was sad. I came across half a cat. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Go to the maximum. You also came across a lot of dried worms and tried to talk oh, to them. Yeah. yeah, but I wasn't as disturbed. I was like, you want to talk? Yeah. You want to <laughs> chat? What's up? Yeah. Still weird. <laughs> Since they were, one. you know, dried and long dead. I wanted to see what they were up to. <laughs> the afterlife of worms. <laughs> yeah, what's up? And so, they didn't talk back. Yeah. Hence why I don't believe yeah, in the afterlife so. anymore. Well, so Craig Charles goes, I guess he had a, spir- a spiritualist, mm-hmm. a so-called spiritualist named Dr. Felt was <laughs> on site. That's a bad name for a doctor. Why? Does I don't know. Yeah. It's like a felt. Come on, like the material. Come on. Come or the on. verb. That's head? a malpractice suit waiting to happen. Honestly. Oh, I'm suing him just for your name. So Dr. Fell, he comes over and talks to him, and they walk back toward the house, and Dr. Felt is saying how he feels, he senses this evil there. <laughs> he felt it. He calls it spiritual decay. Why is Okay. And he smells, he actually smells like the smell of blood, and... 
uh, he, he says that people feel, I guess sensitive people feel sick and weak in that, in that area around that house. So he's, you know, from his huh. perspective, he's verifying. Or he's anemic or, and he has a <laughs> nosebleed and low iron levels. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible, Carrie. You look like you're going to say something mean. So no. <laughs> mean. I'm just pretty skeptical about stuff like this. Okay. Aren't we all? Well, no. Just, just, uh, no, just hold on. I'm this fully is gonna, on board. This is going to test your skepticism <laughs> what happens here. I mean, honestly, out of all the ghost stories we have featured on this show, this is not the most far-fetched and fantastical. Just, just you wait. So, back in the house, Sarah That's just finds an, an odd wet spot on the carpet in the living room. Big old circular wet spot. And so they say, Sarah, you know, from the studio, why don't you check about the ceiling there? So she gets like a step ladder or step, step, step ladder? Stool. Step stool. Step stool. stool. There we go. And she reaches up and she ladder touches all of it. And she's now it's, everything's bone dry up here. And they see the light fixture above it. Well, hey, how about that? So she unscrews the, the light fixture, bone dry. It's just a big old wet spot in the middle of the room for no apparent reason. A pipe burst. The muling pipes burst. Maybe. Maybe. So a bit later, though, they go upstairs for some reason. They come back down. And Sarah, like, there's a line of the kids' pictures, like, you know, magneted to the refrigerator. Several of them lead from the kitchen through the living room toward the back of the living room where their backyard is. A little tiny a garden, as they say in England. Uh, a little yard, right? That and we don't follows say the that picture. Here? Your garden means literally what we call a backyard. Oh, really? Yeah. Even if it's garden. all fucking concrete? Exactly. And so and she gets to the glass door. And she's bending over to see, and she sees something like out there maybe, but all of a sudden a cat just jumps down, scares no. the shit out of her. Story okay, James Wan, you're not directing this Perfect one. jump scare, yeah, it really what was. the fuck? It was a phenomenal jump scare, perfect timing by that Made by the creators of Saw and <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't think of anything about Saw. So, <laughs> and then all of a sudden their attention is drawn by what? Uh-huh, banging and, and rapping noises from upstairs. So we, we are hearing, we're, this is live TV, and we're hearing loud, you know, bang, 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 upstairs. So Sarah and the crew rush upstairs. Remember, it's a cameraman and a sound man. And she's like looking around, and she says, hey, can I see the, you know, this picture or from the stationary cameras? And she finally goes, she goes into the, the girl's room, and just Kim is there. She finally goes, and she, like, I think she's turned out in the bathroom, and she like opens the door. It's like a, like, it's another room. And the water heater kind of door is open, and, and Suzanne, the oldest daughter, is on her hands and knees banging a wooden spoon onto like the water heater, the metal water heater. What a little bitch! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she gets no, she cops and she like freaks out and she runs to the room and slams the door. Uh, little right? bitch. So super she disappointing. They go back and, and Michael Parkinson back, the anchor in the studio, is like, well, okay, it's all bullshit. Show's over it's now. It's all a hoax. But he's like, he's like, he really is almost like in wind down mode. But Pasco, doctor, the parapsychologist, she says, no, I know what I saw. I know what I've been recording over the last several months. Pam's mother also says, no, you know, she's never done that before. We've been in the room with her when things like that have happened. She's been right next to us when we've heard these kind of noises. It's just that she... You know, you guys are here. There's a lot of pressure. She just wanted to prove it to you because, you know, people have made fun of her at school and she's gone through a lot. The girls are, have really gone through a lot. She just wants this to be over and she wants people to not doubt us anymore. So that ain't the way to do it. That's what she, yeah, yeah I, know, mm-hmm. I know. As a little, how old is she? Eight? She's no, no, she's like she's the 13. Older one. Oh, she was the only yeah, one. Oh, Kim's okay. the younger one who might be, I don't know, nine or 10. I forget. They say she's desperate to be believed and now, and she thought, you know, just leave her alone. <laughs> so, but again, Michael Parkinson, the anchor, is pretty openly dismissive at this point. He's thinking, yeah, yeah. you're full of crap there. In fact, they had like a skeptic on it a, a little while before this to talk from with um, Dr. Pasco, and, and he was kind of a dick. But he, yeah. um, but he, they have him on right now. He's like, yeah, obviously, told you so. That's the thing about skeptics. A lot of them tend to be, what's the word? Dismissive. No, um, ESO. patronizing. Yeah, he came off as patronizing for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, it. He did. Yeah. So more viewers, though, are calling in now still, even after this, with violent tales of, of hauntings happening right now in real time. Like, I've been watching the show, and this one in London and beyond, coming from the other parts of the country. It was a national show. It's on BBC One, so it, it's all over the country. So they were bringing out all the ghosts? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Ooh. Doctor, um, Waking them up? Dr. Pasco, Dr. Pasco believes it's a haunting by like an angry ghost, and she thinks maybe its power is sort of emanating 
away outside of the house. Oh, yeah. And outward, I guess, right? One woman calls and she tells how she was watching the show and suddenly her glass table just exploded. Just <laughs> crash. Her glass like coffee table, right? Other callers call in and say, we're watching the show and our clock stopped. Well, Others, that, a bunch, apparently a bunch of kids were and watching. And lights turned off. Whoa. It was a power outage. <laughs> well, our neighbors, whoa. You want to, the worst part? Naughty kids. Because a bunch of people, multiple people, parents called in and said, our kids started watching the show. It got scary. We told them to go to bed and they're refusing. They're, they're like transfixed. It's like some of it's like they won't, they won't listen. They're just staring at the show. They won't do what they're told and go up and go to bed. They're, they're absolutely mesmerized by this show. And we can't possibly turn off the TV. Yeah. Carrie, yeah. These, are, these are tolerant to English parents. Okay. <laughs> they need their children to be of the corn. Yes, that would be scary. It's bad enough what is going to happen to their teeth as they grow older. They don't oh, no. need to be told what to watch. Okay. 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 Sorry. Okay. We'll jump there. England. We yeah. don't care. We're yeah. not, well, we are British, we but we're not act like from Britain. <laughs> <laughs> so the mo- I think the most interesting call was from a, a caller calls in about this time and he says, he sounds really serious, and he won't use, use his real name. He has a story he needs to share, and he seems almost reluctant. Well, then why the hell are you calling on a because national program? It's important. Bitch. You'll hear yeah. why. He knows about the house. He used to live in that house. I need a deed. Not he. He like rented a room or something like that, right? And so um, I think that's what he did. He had researched the house because he had to move out because he was experiencing the things they were experiencing. And when he, when he searched the house, he found out that back in like the late, I think it was late 1960s, the, what they're calling pipes, he says, is the spirit of Raymond Tunstall. Mm-hmm. Raymond Tunstall was a man who was, again, lived there in the 60s and claimed to be haunted by a famous, the ghost of a famous baby killer. Her name is Mother Seddon. Oh, or Seddon. It's S-E-D-D-O-N. He said, I am being haunted. Mother Seddon is in this house and haunts this house. And I'm feeling her. And, well, you're not um, a baby, so you're he, safe. He was he was still scared. It's still scary, though. <laughs> he says that Raymond Tunstall, it turned out later, they found out was a child molester. Yikes. And that he committed suicide in that house in the late 1960s, I believe, after this caller says uh, being possessed by Mother Seton or whatever entity resides in that house. And indeed, he did hang himself in the glory hole. <laughs> so now that house, I, I, if it was haunted already, it's, you know, double haunted with this horrible human being. I don't think that's what they call it. Is that know? how it works? A double haunt? I think so. I think so. In it's the a professional thing. paranormal <laughs> community. Among we parapsychologists, we call it it's a haunted double. square. Yes. <laughs> so Tunstall, he is said to appear as a a terrifying ghost with gouged out eyes, uh. dripping blood down his face. Well, okay. And his face is all clawed up and scarred by what you say. Turns out cats. he had locked cats in the glory hole when he went to commit suicide. And uh-uh. after a few days, I think, you know, the kitties get hungry. A few days? Yeah, no one found him right away. No, kitty. Those, those kitties would be eaten in well, hours. Maybe a couple. Of, I don't know how long it was. Yeah. I think he wasn't found for like... Uh, like nine days or something like that. And they had gone to work on his face <sighs> and his eyeballs. So huh. there's also stories of Yikes. that. This mother Seddon also has been seen there as a ghost. And she appears as like a, like a, just a big shapeless black robed figure. <gasps> big shapeless black figure. Yeah. Like they in saw the in the bedroom. Curtains. Maybe. That was Mary. Maybe. Or it could have been. Dress form. Could have been Raymond, too, though. Don't even get started on fucking dress forms. I hate dress forms. So so think about this. We have demonic possession. Remember Suzanne speaking with that weird voice, right? We have ghost. Mother Seton's been seen. Uh, Raymond Tunstall's been seen, apparently. We have also, mostly, it's a traditional poltergeist activity. There's been tons of broken dishes and wrappings and, and, and noises and things like that, right? It's kind of a kitchen sink paranormal event, this house. It's got it all, right? So go back to the studio. Michael Parkinson is kind of dismissing everything. Again, he's almost like in wrap-up mode, but the calls still are coming in and they're getting curious. Now the callers tell of people seemingly haunted by, yes, pipes slash Raymond Tunstall in real time then. They describe the ghost. It matches perfectly with the descriptions that the caller hadn't really described Tunstall's ghost, if I remember correctly. 
But these callers start calling in and, and describe uh, uh, a ghost with the gouged out eyes and scratched up face that um, that Dr. Pasco had researched and found out about. So that, that's tallying with their alleged incidents across the country from these callers are tallying with the descriptions of what's going on inside the house. Uh-oh. Allegedly. So Dr. Pasco wonders again, is, is there is like this malevolent effect of the what's in the, the early house, this presence in the house, is it spreading all out through the country because of what they're doing there right now? Yeah. She says what they're doing, she calls it, uh-huh. it's almost like we're holding a, a quote, national seance. Uh-huh. And that then the show, the whole show is like a, this national seance. And then this, this spirit that materializes as pipes slash Tunstall or Mother Seton is something much more dangerous. It's like this swirl of quote, negative spiritual energies. Sure. That have been combining for years. She even says maybe it's been in there, like it's been on a site since prehistoric times. And this event is now bringing its power and spreading it out over London and the, and the countryside. Hmm. Sure. But they go back to the live feed and things seem fine. Things have calmed down back in the house itself. We see one of the stationary cameras and it's, it's of the living room there downstairs. And uh, Sarah... The reporter is just playing games with like a, a board game or something like that on the coffee table with uh, the, the two girls, Suzanne and Kim. And so Dr. Pasco is going like, you know, things was, were getting kind of hectic up there. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little suspicious of this. She wonders if the presence, whatever you want to call it, the entity has somehow been able to doctor the live feed. And I can't remember they did, but they so they they call like the person in the in the van and say, you know, what's going on over there? And they and they do some, you know, switching. I don't know what they do, but all of a sudden they switch to the real actual live feed of what's happening, and it's chaos. The shit has kind of hit the fan. The uh, Sarah and the salmon are walking through like a uh, the kitchen or something like that, and all of a sudden, the uh, a big mirror wall in the mirror just for no reason flies off the wall and smashes him over the head knocks him to the ground he's unconscious he has a big bloody gash across his forehead ah. so Sarah's kind of freaking out and Pam and the youngest Pam the mom and the youngest daughter Kim flee the house she grabs Kim and she takes off correct outside we switch the camera feed outside where Craig Charles is who's, who's now treating it a little more seriously the, the outside reporter huh. and the police have arrived <laughs> And Ooh. then we see them go in that house. They're going to arrest they, the ghost? No. They're going <laughs> to, I guess the neighbors have called hearing all these noises and stuff like that. Things are, the shit's hitting the fan. And they go inside and they bring out the sand, the sound man on a stretcher. He's still unconscious. Oh, they put him in Amazon and, and, and take him away. Now, all of a sudden, they go back to the studio and it's hit the studio where Michael Parkinson and, and, and Mike Smith and all those guys are. The, it's like a wind starts whipping through the studio. This is an inside space, remember? And blow, papers are blowing everywhere, right? All of a sudden, what? lights above them explode. And the power shuts off. It, it's light, but it's like, it's like murky, right? Uh, there must be emergency lights or something like that. The crew just start fleeing. The people who, <laughs> who, the manning... Outski! I'm gone. You hired me to answer phones. Yeah. Not this shit. I'm out. Yeah. So the phone people leave. The camera crew and the sound people, they, all the technical crew leave. Mike Smith says, does anyone see Sarah? Where's Sarah? Sarah's still in the house. Sarah and, and I believe and the, daughter, the cameraman right? are in the house. And, the and uh, Suzanne. Yeah. So as far as... At least they're unaccounted for, so they think they're still in the house. Right. And Mike Smith says, hey... It's my wife. I'm gone. I'm going to go see if I can help her. So he leaves too. Soon, the studio is ex- deserted except for anchor Michael Parkinson. <laughs> so back at the house, the cameraman's still there. So he's still he's still uh, with Sarah. And they're searching for Suzanne. They hear her crying for help. So they quickly, they're running through the house. Again, it's, it's dark in there too. But they can't find her. Finally, they track her voice, her, her cries for help, down to the kitchen and down to the door to the garden. Uh-oh. Of course. She's inside the glory hole. She's been locked in there. They try ah. to open the door. It's not locked, but they try to, they can't open the door. You better start kicking. So Sarah yeah. starts using her superhuman strength. Okay. And she, well, whatever. She's freaking out. Yeah. yeah. Use yeah, your before. adrenaline strength. Yeah. She's using her adrenaline and she finally forces the door open. She says, it's okay, sweetie. It's okay, sweetie. She reaches in. She leans in. Suddenly, Sarah is yanked inside the glory hole. The door slams behind her. The the, um, the cameraman, I, I guess, I think it just it went blank. I don't know if the cameraman just took off or shit his pants or whatever, but she's inside. And from in, no, he's still there for at least a little, a few seconds because you hear cats start to wail from inside the glory hole. Oh, my God. So back at the studio, Michael Parkinson is the only one left, the anchor. 
He's like wonder on the studio. <sighs> it's really murky. It's otherwise completely deserted. He is able to find a teleprompter. So he teleprompter has the camera right above it. And he's looking into the, to the teleprompter slash camera. And he starts reading off the teleprompter. And it's a nursery rhyme. And his voice slowly starts to devolve and sounds like that hoarse, grunting voice that Suzanne spoke in that from the tape e- earlier. And it's asking about Mother Seton in kind of a weird nursery rhyme kind of verbiage. Did she really kill all those babies? Then he looks right into the camera and he intones, fee, fi, fo, fum, and the live feed cuts off. <sighs> the show is over. Boop. Turns dull. So, <laughs> have you figured out the secret of ghost of the ghost watch incident yet? Well, I mean, like maybe it's fake. In what way Acting. would you argue that? Theater. The BBC said we gonna clown on everyone today. What was any of that? <laughs> Say that again in English. ACBC, you're supposed to clown today. That's what I heard. That's Jamaican. Yeah, I did go a little Jamaican. The BBC said oh. it's gonna clown on everyone today. Okay, I mean, yeah. fee fi fo fum. Seriously, yeah. that's and then on. it cuts out. Yeah, I was about to say while you were saying that, it plays out a little bit too much, like yeah. the climax yeah. of a movie. They yeah. went a little bit too far there because, indeed, the entire thing was a fix, not a hoax, but a put on. Ghostwatch was a mockumentary. Uh, okay. Yeah, Ghostwatch was not real. Did they really have open? Live phone lines? They did indeed. Okay. So that's people who just... T- but t- so some of them were fake. I mean, that was like the calls about the... Yeah. Were some of the calls planted? You'll hear in a second. Ah. Back in the 1990s, oh. I'm going to tell you the origin of Ghostwatch here. Okay. BBC One aired an anthology program called Screen One. It had different shows. They thought... So in 1992, they said, hey, let's do a scary show on, on the anthology. Let's do a scary episode on Halloween this 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 year, this time. And so they thought, okay, well, what do you want to do? The B Brass decided to decided on a story about a poltergeist. It's going to be called Ghost Watch. So it started as a purely, completely fiction. It's going to be just a normal fiction movie. It's going to be based off. Uh, you've probably heard of it. It's on the equally fic- fictitious but allegedly true Enfield poltergeist event of the late 1970s in England. Yep. It's a very famous poltergeist event. The, the infamous Warrens went and investigated it. Oh. We talked about it in that episode, yeah, by the way. we did. I think I, that brings a bell. It's a yeah. borough in North London, and it was it lasted like two years. It was investigated. It's complete bullshit. But is it, that the one that one of the Conjurings is based on? Yes, yeah. it is. Oh, it okay. is. I saw yes. that one. That's the one where they go to England, and they and they, it's like they were really a central part of everything. And in real life, they glommed yeah. onto it the last minute for like a day or two and yeah. wrote a book about it, even though they were not welcome and did nothing. Because they were dicks. So the story was originally going to be like a six-part series leading up to Halloween, where it was going to center on a reporter with a who sort of is teamed with a parapsychologist to investigate some this poltergeist event in North London. And in the last episode, they wanted all hell just to break loose. <laughs> so it turns out that last part was kind of one of the only elements that survived its transition into a much shorter, different kind of format. Because the BBC bigwig said that's not going to fit. We want to do six episodes. Let's just you got you got an hour and a half. You got a ninety minute slot on Halloween night. Do you know what? Do that. I know he really thought. Was it like going to be six episodes over six weeks? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. And uh, so remember, this is always going to be at the time in the development. This is just a normal. So make us a scary movie. That's all. But a yeah. movie, yeah. clearly a movie. And so they they toyed. They hired a writer named Stephen Volk and a director named Leslie Manning, and they were toying with normal, you know, formats, right? And then they decided, hey, you know what? Let's do this in kind of a mockumentary format. Let's use the, they use basically the same narrative frame that was made famous by the War of the Worlds incident on radio in 1938, where they did kind of this fake news story. This is the, in that one, they did like news break-ins to an otherwise, they had like a, some lame program on, like a music, what did they have? Um, it was a music show. I think show. it was that. Something breaking like that. news. Yeah, and they had breaking news come in. This one, no, we'll just have like a live, like a live sort of on, on-air on documentary about this poltergeist, you know, haunted house, a kind of a faux live news program. So that's what they did. And they played it straight it worked. throughout. They played it very, very, very straight. They really did. 
like, like they mimicked the kind of the whole live on-site news thing with the studio and the field reporter, and they and they had a wide shot showing the news vans there. The camera work was was handheld, often shaky. Sometimes the sound man was visible. <laughs> Very often, yeah. you see him holding the, 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 the boom mic above boom. her. Uh, the cameraman f- followed Sarah Green throughout the house in this in a very cramped actual house. It's not a studio. That they went to a, a, like a, like a townhome. The news van with lights and equipment was parked right outside of the house, and, the, and they'd go back and forth. Craig Charles also was outside scampering around and <laughs> scurrying. He really was. He was just. He was so. He was actually his performance, quote unquote was the worst because he just he, he seemed too over the top like yucka yucka just voting home you know kind of a thing but he was interacting with seemingly random neighbors and onlookers there right and and here also which i found pretty cool it used a lot of the same tropes that all those ghost hunting shows have used now for the last whatever 10 years 12 years yeah. how long they've been on remember this is 1992 this preceded that stuff but they used motion detector systems they used um temperature sensors they use stationary cameras, you know, set up to monitor different rooms that they weren't in, and they had the feed going to the studio. They also talked about how sinking temperatures said to indicate a ghostly presence. I don't know yeah. when that started. Remember, didn't we we talked about that in the uh, Bloody Pit episode, didn't we? Which was like in the 1860s and 70s. Yeah. I was so that say, goes back quite a ways. Yeah. It? So they use that, you know, trope again. Oh, it's cold. There must yeah. be a ghost near Chill it down the spine. Yeah, and they use heat sensing cameras to see in the dark, which is very important at the end because that, that end scene I described where oh. Sarah's looking, it's dark there. We're, we're seeing that through a heat sensing camera. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, that is view. a cool effect, yeah. So they use that effect, which is cool, which now the ghost hunting shows, they use it every episode. Yeah. Right, almost oh, to yeah. like an annoying yeah. effect. Honestly. EKG. You know, you could have just in the day. I know. Ghosts really... aren't afraid of sun. Yeah, you guys are a TV show. You have a lighting budget. Y'all are going in the basement anyway. <laughs> Fucking okay, y'all can go at eleven o'clock. <laughs> Open a window. Open Jesus. the drapes, ghost hunters. So they pixelated the faces of some of the people being interviewed. They, That's convincing. And they had this constant communication between the studio. They didn't and, have their side card. <laughs> That's why it oozed verisimilitude. It seemed super real, super documentary. It, it it played just like a live news show would have played on the BBC. But here's the key. The absolute key to the realism of Ghost Watch was that those BBC broadcasters that I've told you about were actual, legit, real BBC broadcasters. Everyone in England would know them. They were doing exactly what they really did in real life. Uh, yeah. Well, because it was made by the BBC, it yeah. should feel like it was. So I, I know, but, but they could have gotten actors yeah, that gotten weren't actors. already they established, yeah. like anchor people yeah. and reporters. That was That'd genius. That was a really good plan. Yeah, yeah. And they did that a good a job good with. They did a very good job. I mean, but they were like, yeah, playing themselves. With, not with the country. <laughs> not good for real journalism. No, it's not. But they were like, I don't know. It's Halloween. Inside edition level journalism. I we think. all not, lie to kids. Oh, know, so serious. it's not like it's Sam Donaldson of you know, England. I'm not, I'm not a, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I don't think they were super, super serious journalists. Yeah. They were more news personalities kind of a thing, let's say. Okay. I, think, I see. I think. But everyone in England will recognize them. Sarah Green, Craig Charles were, were there live, just like they normally did in real life. They were field reporters. Mike Smith really was married to Sarah to, Green oh, in real life. Sarah Pascal. Uh, huh? Wait, no, Sarah, Lynn Sarah Pascal. Lynn Pascal the, the uh, oh, Lynn, oh, I forgot their and names. Michael Parkinson, who was the anchor, he really was an anchor on a new show. So everything looked completely legit and real to them. Dr. Lynn Pascal, the parapsychologist, she was an actor. The guy who played the skeptic, the douchey skeptic, was an actor as well. He was supposedly an American skeptic calling in from New York live with a flawless American accent. <laughs> of course. I say sarcastically. It was awful. It was almost as bad as John Cleese's American accent oh, in God. The Meaning of Life. It was like, you ever wonder what life all about? It's almost as bad as my, hello, governor, English accent. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty bad accent. That should have been a giveaway, but they're in England, so they can't yeah. tell yeah. that that American yeah. accent is pretty shitty. That's like people in the U.S., we don't think of yeah. Dick Van Dyke's accent in Mary Poppins exactly. as incredibly shitty, but it's famously <laughs> terrible right? in the U.K. Oh, yeah. Really? I saw this video. I can't remember what publication, but they asked, uh, I think, like, all the Game of Thrones actors who are all British, most of them, what, like, the worst British accent they can think of in a movie, and every single one of them. Said Dick really? Van Dyke. Kevin yeah. Costner and Robin Hood. 
I am Robin of Loxley. It was terrible. Most of them were like, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone else said Dick Van Dyke, so I'm going to say this. <laughs> that kind of shit. But those people were not super widely known actors, so no one in the audience is really recognizing them, but they absolutely recognize the news broadcasters for sure. And also, you asked this earlier, Carrie, the number that flashed on the screen for people to call was 081-811-81881. What? That is the actual, at the time, BBC call-in number for other news shows. For other live news yeah. shows, that was the real number. Yeah. That's too so many eights people, I know. That seems, I, that's, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. That's like an extra number compared to, to uh, American numbers. So that also seemed super realistic. So people call, did call in. You were asking about the caller. Every yeah. single call on the show was fake. It was all okay. oh. actors. So they didn't the, air any real All ones. the live interviewees, oh. pixelated faces, all fake. Everything yeah. was fake. In fact, the um, the uh, out the exterior shots that were happening simultaneously with the interior shots in the studio and the uh, house, Those they were all filmed at different times. B-roll, bitch. Yeah. I yeah. like it. The exterior shots were, were filmed weeks before they, they did the, the live yeah. show. So they had cut to the exterior stuff, but that was on tape. I wonder, yeah, did they what? let any of the neighbors know? Because, like, if the neighbors it was were... All, those are all actors. Oh, the, uh, you know... I, like, the actual neighbors. Like, if yeah. the person across the street it like was little, watching the broadcast yeah. and they looked outside oh, and didn't and see... And that's my house. I recognize yeah. my little Right. Family. It was like a cul-de-sac. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I would be like... They were, they were, they were, uh, some hush money. There weren't a lot of houses right there. It's it's like take Twitter. a holiday. I'm not sure. It's not I'm like not you sure. can blast them on Twitter <laughs> either. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was 1992. The, so people would call in, real people would call in. The outgoing message said, you know, Ghost Watch is a work of fiction. But hey, while you're on the phone, tell us your ghost story. And so people were leaving oh. little tapes of ghost stories. Oh. So, and by, by the way, there are some phenomenal Easter eggs in this show. This, these, these little brief ghost shots are sprinkled throughout the show. I think maybe five or six or so. Wait, so that... Was the curtain one of those? It was. Yeah. If if you if you watch, you have to watch super closely, but you and you'll probably some of you you're gonna miss unless yeah. you're really really looking for them. But there's there's some good ones. So so you the viewer are subliminally seeing these things five or six times. You're seeing a ghost. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when they happen. Uh, some of when they happen in a minute. But that would maybe I don't know. I, I know subliminal stuff. Advertising is complete fiction. But that might you know you still are gonna see that ghost as the camera pans by quickly that form there you know dark yeah, yeah humanoid figure that may have impacted some folks seeing it without even realizing what they're seeing i don't know so uh, here's an example was when when craig charles goes over to fetch dr felt from the little crowd in the in the little empty lot near the house you know he's going to talk to him about the, he's a spirit he's the spiritualist right right the there's a glimpse of his dark shape man shape a man shape in dark clothes He's sort of glaring from behind the first line of onlookers. Onlookers. Nice. If you know if you watch the show, look for a guy in the blue parka, because the ghost appears right over his shoulder for just a. He just kind of says, "And Doctor Felt," and starts walking with him. So it's just there for a second. But when you rewind and watch it, you absolutely like it. see it. Mm. And so they also there's a shape in the curtains, as I mentioned before, as the camera pan. I absolutely saw it anywhere. So I, a minute ago, a little while ago, I was not lying to you. I did see that ghost. I didn't tell you it was an actor, but I did see that ghost in the in the. Camera. Oh, that was like an actual person an standing actual person behind it. But they, they, they really blended it in really interestingly, so he kind of blended in with the curtain shadows because the shadows were in curtain. I was right. It and was they do a, it they, they, even in slow mo. Yeah. It's just a glimpse of it. Wow! But I was absolutely there. And when Sarah Green, the reporter, follows the kids' pictures in the line across the living room to the sliding glass door out to the backyard and with a cat scares her for just a second before the cat jumps down there's a man standing right there in front of her behind the sliding glass door so oh, she, doesn't, she doesn't see it and 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 honestly in real time i didn't notice it yeah I, you have to go back most of these you have to go back and replay uh, to see them and, and and slow them down or know exactly when they happen so there, that's it's, scary yeah i know it's good no, no one seems to notice None, the people in you know sarah etc don't notice it though and oh, also, there's something in the kitchen when the mirror smashes over the hand, ha, uh, sound man. You see a, a, like a face in the kitchen next to the mirror. And then finally, when Sarah opens the forces open the door to the glory hole, which is a second, you see a face in there. Presumably, that's him, the ghost hanging from where he, he hung himself. And then Sarah's yanked inside. And you can find guides on the interwebs to this. I did. So I had it. So as when Carrie and I were watching it, we, you know, you can say, okay, at, at 
at 42 53 what minute 42 53 look over the guy the blue park shoulder and you'll see the glaring man behind him that's with that's the ghost i never really saw that one i did see that one so uh, um, definitely get get one of those It's, it's interesting so ghost watch was a kind of it was a phenomenon the bbc execs by the way were concerned about the public reaction ahead of time by the way to almost pull the plug on it and stop it yeah. from being uh, aired, right? And in the end, they settled on it. Okay, well, and, and the producers and the creators of it wanted to keep it as realistic as possible, right? So they said, okay, well, you can run the opening credits, but in the opening credits, they, they run, like the show, the fictional anthology show was called Screen One. They said it's a Screen One show, and they had a writer of the show. They had that oh. in the opening credits. So that, that should well, have cued people yeah. off, but a lot of people just aren't going to notice that kind of stuff. That's true. If they even... If they tuned realize, in yeah. for that beginning yeah. of the broadcast. You don't know that a writer doesn't write these news shows. That, who knows? But yeah. most people don't yeah. know that. So, Even on scripted mm. news shows, there's still yeah. someone's got to write that teleprompter yeah. shit. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. fee fi fo mm-hmm. So a lot of people didn't notice those things and didn't realize it was just make-believe. We know that a ton of people thought they were watching an actual, legit, normal, live television news show because over 30,000 calls poured in to the BBC phone line that night. And she none of them there. went Whoa. anywhere. Well, well, most did not get the message. They got a busy signal. Oh. It overwhelmed oh. the, the, <laughs> the, the, the phones. So they got a busy didn't signal. You get the this is fake no, signal. This is fake, tells your story. They got a busy signal, which if you think say. about it, would make it seem even more real. It's like, yeah. oh shit, we're not the only ones, man. People are calling yeah. in. This is this this is dramatic stuff going on yeah. there. Did they not see that ghost? Oh my God. Oh my Lord. Right, uh huh. That's uh, that's what exactly I was going to say. That's North the North Thal thing. That was good. That was accent. good. Good accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the BBC was so. I mean, the BBC's been inundated by calls. This must be real. Shit's happening. When the next day rolls around, and everybody realizes they've been tricked, there are some pissed off English. Yeah, I bet, folks. I would be if I believed yes. them, and I was bamboozled in such a manner. I'd not be happy either. The BBC and the, and the producers just say, "Look, it was just a TV show. We're sorry. We didn't mean for the country to collect freak his pants." <laughs> well, what did you expect that. would happen? I know. Well, truly, yeah. The, but, but after that announcement, <laughs> after they said sorry, you know, it was it was all just a show. They got thousands of more calls. The next day or two into the BBC, now pissed off. Yeah. The vast majority of those calls were, I can't believe you did this to me. You're such dicks. I feel stupid. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. When you make thousands of people feel stupid, yes. they're not going to like <laughs> you very like much it. anymore. That's true. The BBC took a, took a black eye. Tabloid newspapers were harshly critical of this, oh, gosh. as right. they were with yeah. War of the Worlds, by the way. And uh, so it's the same newspapers who do like, you know, alien baby stories yeah. and yeah. princess die conspiracy yeah. theories. Mm-hmm. They were offended by and what happened. And who tapped so. the phones of victims yes. of tragedy. Yeah. Yes, they do. Those, those people. Yeah. They were offended that the BBC pulled one over on the collective Truly. subconscious. The moral compass of journalism. Yeah. Fuckers. But, but calls from irate viewers continued to, to, to come in and there were some repercussions apparently. So one, a vicar. He Ooh. worried that, quote, the BBC had raised demonic forces on live TV. Oh, well, oh, see. Via acting. A natural worry. Yes. <laughs> so there were some people called like that, but again, most were just pissed off that they were tricked. But <laughs> the other set of type of call types were some more serious incidents. Some pregnant women supposedly went into early labor while watching the TV show and believing it was a real haunting. Oh, goodness. Oh, shit. So they're scared. I mean, think about it. You're watching the show. It's like, oh, my God. This is crazy that you hear that you, because you do, you hear these poundings and you see dishes broken. There was a time, I forgot to mention it, but Suzanne had had a big welt scratches on her face live during the show, the oldest daughter. Uh, she was like, oh, yeah, okay, And she went to kind of a catatonic state. You know, people were freaking out. Uh, two 10 year old boys got PTSD from watching the show, what we now call PTSD. And it was written up in the British Medical what Journal. What they call it? Shell Wow. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, four other kids, ages 8 to 14, had similar reactions, but I guess researchers looked into these cases and found that their symptoms vanished very, very quickly. And so they were more scared, not scarred. So they <laughs> didn't take that as seriously, but they were the lucky ones. Less lucky was Uh-oh. the 18-year-old Martin Denham. 
He was, huh. a, he was a development developmentally Ten. disabled 18-year-old Aww. who had the, quote, mental age of a 13-year-old. His family had faulty pipes, and his, those pipes oh. banged all the time in real, in real life. So when the show, he watches, he's watching the show, and when the show associated the, all the stuff fa- happening to the family with being caused by the pipes, and, that it was an, and then later those pipes banging meant there was an evil ghost in that house, it Freaked affected him. him. It marked him. Yeah. He committed suicide five days after watching Ghost Watch. And we know that was the, the it was causal because he left behind a note addressed to his mom that said, quote, if there is ghost, I will now be one and I will always be with you as one. <gasps> oh, he wanted to become a ghost to protect ghost his mom. To be with his mom. It's sad. Yeah, that's very, very sad. Okay, did his mom sue the BBC? They sue the shit out of the I, okay. Right with your uh, mama denim. And his father too. But his, uh, they claim that he was, quote, hypnotized and obsessed by the program. He was one of those kids who would not stop watching the kid yeah. program. And, and oh, in reality, shit. remember that those calls were fake. Yeah. But in reality, that, that was really happening. Kid, uh, well, tons of kids were watching the show. It started at 9 p.m., which mm. is uh, before the what Britain calls the waterfall time period, which I think is 10 p.m. I'm not positive. But it was so it's early enough where there's still a lot of kids watching the show. And the 34 complaints were filed. They filed with something called the Broadcasting Standards Commission, the BSC. The BSC basically called bullshit on all 34 of them, said, shut up. It was fiction. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. But a judge, they, they brought it to a judge to overrule the BSC and said, you need to further assess these and take them more seriously, these complaints. And so the BSC then came to the conclusion that, okay, yeah, you're right. The BBC was at least partly negligent in running the program. They said they should have made it clear that the story was fiction. Yeah. Remember, they didn't. They had no disclaimers after, before commercials or anything like that whatsoever. They said, the judge said that the show, or the BSC said the show was, quote, excessively distressing, distressing and graphic, and that the program was not on late enough to rule out kids watching it, yeah. which was true. Yeah. 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 They also did not like the use of real news presenters, saying it was, yeah. was deceptive. Yeah, which, well, which it, it was the whole thing. Shit, but was, that was the deceptive. Point. Yeah, the point. I mean, they they legit. They absolutely did want to deceive people. Yeah, I, I don't, they they wouldn't admit that because there were lawsuits involved. But yeah. I think they absolutely wanted to deceive. Of course, they did. People. Yeah. Always, yeah. or they would have put a disclaimer up front. Yes. Right, this is a work of fiction, and and, yeah. and they refused to. Or they fought the BBC on that. And that's when the BBC said, "Okay, well, fine, we'll show that it's." A Screen Gems show, and he was a writer. They thought that was effectively a disclaimer, but they knew it wasn't an effective disclaimer. Yeah. So ultimately, the BSC ruled that the BBC Can and you. the show's creators had, quote, deliberately set out to cultivate a sense of menace. Ooh. And I guess that's bad. Yeah. That That is, they, they, you know, essentially, you purposely tried to scare people with a horror story. Yeah. You know, guilty as charged. No shit. <laughs> so 11 million people watched Ghost Watch that night. Damn, Halloween yo. 1992. Ratings. This, it was a huge, huge hit. Despite this, the outcry caused the BBC to ban the show from ever being rerun again. Huh. To this day, really? Ghostwatch has never been on English That's, television. I would surprising. just add in disclaimers. Yeah. There or are, little bits that say you're watching the historical Ghostwatch. <laughs> yeah, people are still probably angry. They're playing it safe. Yeah. They've never shown it since. That's very wow. British. So at the risk of pissing off the part of our audience that cannot separate facts from fiction, I eagerly beg you to go watch Ghost Watch on YouTube or whatever. Uh, have that handy guide of when there are the Wait, ghost where, sightings. Sorry, where do we watch it? We watch it on YouTube, on Netflix, oh, okay. via Netflix, or via, via YouTube on the TV. Oh. Okay. You understand? You're confused. YouTube, I know, you still YouTube, look a little... YouTube is a large... Google owns it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. A lot of millions of people. What? What? I thought it was on some other service. Absolutely. No, found. no, we couldn't find it, remember? Oh. We looked like on Crackle and shit like that. Oh. You can't find it. As far as I know, the only place you can find it is YouTube. Okay. And they have the whole movie. And so that's what we did. We watched it on YouTube, and I and I printed out that that little cheat sheet of when the times, and it ex- explains, you know, look here, and you'll see that, and things like that. I, so I eagerly, eagerly, I implore you <laughs> to watch it Get the little cheat sheet and watch it. It's fun. It's actually a pretty good show. If it was, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I, it does sound entertaining. You, know, you have to put yourself back yeah. there in time. I would have known it was fiction, but yeah. it, it's a good show. It's a scary show. It, it was well done. I would have liked to have seen more ghost. Because like I said, every <laughs> single shot of the ghost are 
fleeting, so fast, quick. Yeah. You, 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 you may not notice any of them. I In real I time, have. without the cheat sheet, I think I would have only noticed the one in the, in, by the Drakes, the first Probably, one. Probably. Yeah. That's it. Well, but because they, they did it on the show. They slowed Yeah, they slow-moted it on the show. The other ones are in real time. You can't see yeah. it. No, kind no. of. I think I kind of saw the face in the glory hole at the very end, too. Face in the glory hole. Face in the glory hole. <laughs> the ghost watch. The, the ghost watch story. So a very different movie. enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah. I'm sorry for ruining it for you. <laughs> yeah. I think have, it'd still be entertaining. Have someone yeah. with you who, uh, who does not know his fiction. Yeah. If they can't tell 1992 haircuts, then they might be fooled. Yeah. Otherwise, they yeah. might say, "Yeah, this is life. This is life." <laughs> so anyway, that's the story of Ghost Watch, England's War of the Worlds from 1992. Wow, wow, wow. I've never heard of this. Yeah, I hadn't me either. I just found out about, I don't know, a few months ago. Shit. Yeah. Americans weird. really don't care. Americans. <laughs> about shit that oh, happens okay. over anywhere else. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that because everybody knows about War of the Worlds globally, pretty much. Yeah. Um, that's it for Weird World this week. Wow. Carrie? Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Tell them where they can find us and all that kind of stuff. Weird World Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Gmail and Patreon and Weird World Pod on Twitter. And, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Until next time, please be weird. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, i got to figure something out for that. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Love you. Love you. Meow. See, that was like a ghost right there. Ghost, ghost cat. That's a ghost cat right there. Okay. Okay. It. Bye. Okay.